Welcome to the Nourished Mama podcast. I am your host, Madison Anderson, a women's health coach, mom, and wife. This podcast is dedicated to educating and supporting you to live in your fullest potential as a woman and a mother. We will be providing you with endless resources and guest speakers so you can go from feeling lost and overwhelmed to feeling confident in your motherhood journey. It's time to feel connected, energized, clear, and confident in your journey as a mom or mom-to-be. I couldn't be more excited to have you here. Now let's uncover your confidence and step into your power so you can live your best life. I'm really excited to have you on um, and chat all things nursing, burnout, all those kinds of things. So why don't you introduce yourself to everyone um, and then we can go from there. Sounds great. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I just love getting on and chatting anything and all things. So anybody who knows me well knows I like to chat. So, and yeah, so I'm just, I'm Peggy Burr first, just a human, like everybody else loves the beaches, loves the mountains and the outdoors adventure, um, all those kind of things. And, um, I also just happen to do <laughs> mindset, self-care coaching, and I'm an author and I've been a nurse for just under 30 years now. So oh I started when I was nine <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm really just now I'm like, I just like, I'm here to create impact, like far beyond the emergency doors. Like I work in emergency medicine. That's been most of my career and, um, really just helping women who are feeling burnt out, run down, depleted, like getting, like ending that exhaustion cycle, boosting their energy and really just helping them create the quality time and those meaningful moments that they they feel they're missing out on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So where, where did you start out when you were nursing? Oh, as far as the, what area of nursing I started out in. Yeah. So when I first started, actually, when I was in school, I worked at a small community hospital right near where I live now in Ontario. And I worked there in the summers all the time. And when I graduated, I was like, oh, well, I'll just stay here until I get full time somewhere else. And I was there pretty much 10 years <laughs> and literally only got into a full time position, probably within the last two years that I was there. And it was a small community hospital. So you're basically like the jack of all trades. I did a lot of obstetrics. You worked on the floor, which was kind of like a med surge combined with like an ALC or like a long-term care kind of component on the one side of it, worked emerge, you know, um, relieving and recovery, um, all those kinds. So it was kind of like a little bit of everything in that, in that hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that when I was doing a little bit of looking around, (laughs) you have been a flight nurse, right? Okay. I have. How many places have you been? Oh, for, for flying. Oh my gosh. I just put up a few things in my stories the other day, actually, which I didn't count them, but I've, so with my flight nursing, I did that for about seven years and ended up kind of transitioned out of it, not on purpose, but I, had these issues with my elbows, which took a long time to get over and a lot of like physio and all these things. So I couldn't lift, like be lifting like the stretchers into the planes that we had to lift. So I had to really be careful. So, and then it ended up, I kind of transitioned out of it and I love to travel. So that was one of my main attractions to this, like, you know, flight nursing. And it was with a private air ambulance service. So like different from like here in Ontario, we have orange, which is like the provincial you know, trauma team that comes in the helicopter or kind of like stars out West and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
so I've been to, like, we've been to, I've been to like down South, like, you know, like Cancun, St. Martin. Um, I've been to Russia. I've been to Japan over the UK. We did a lot of UK stuff like Germany, like South Africa a few times, like all these, all these incredible places, which was really kind of like a cool little, it was very exhausting. Yeah. But it was kind of neat. Sometimes I got to places I never saw anything. So it sounds really great. Yeah. <laughs> like I went to Greece once and I was like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to go to Greece. And I literally saw the road between my hotel and the hospital where I had to go get pick up the patient the next day and the road back. And it was dark the whole time. I had oh. to leave the next morning. I had to get up while it was dark still and then kind of get on the road back. So sometimes was it was that like, like that. what was that like though? Like, so being in Greece. You stayed at a hotel, then you'd go to pick up the patient the next day. And then where would you fly back to? Would you fly back to Canada? Yeah. So with that, with this company, so sometimes I would fly and escort, like I would escort somebody back on a commercial flight. So it might be just like the Air Canada flight you would be on from oh. like, say the UK. And I would escort them on if they were able to fly that way. Okay. And I would pro like provide like medications, like monitor, like, you know, their blood pressures and different things and their conditions throughout the flight. So when we, and then also if they were a little sicker or um, not able to fly commercial or depending on a few other factors with insurance and things like that, which I was never involved in that end of things. Uh, we, we had like three private jets. Okay. Wow. So then we would bring them back on a, a little Lear jet that you can't even stand up in. <laughs> and then we would monitor them like, and it would be, that's basically just would be myself always flew with an RT or respiratory therapist. And we would have two pilots very occasionally a doctor might be on board, but I think I had that happen. Maybe, maybe, I think it was twice, maybe, maybe three times. Mostly it was myself and an RT. Yeah. So we would literally get to wherever we were going, whether it was a commercial flight or on the jet. And we would go as a team, myself and the RT and go assess the patient. So we go make sure that they're fit to fly, basically check their records tell the people at the hospital area, like, this is what we need you to do for us to pick when we come, you know, before we come in tomorrow to pick them up. And this is what time we're coming, like, you know, make all those logistical things happen. Yeah. And um, like I said, most importantly, making sure that they were fit to fly and then bring them back. But we did a lot of, I transferred a lot of patients back to the U S okay. um, or I would say the majority were like U S but then also to Canada. And then sometimes we had it in the reverse where we brought them from say Canada over to the UK or the U S over to Germany or something like that. Wow. So it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. That would be a long flight though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long flight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could literally be with somebody for like 36 to 48 hours, at least like for a transfer back. Yeah. And you're with them the whole entire time. Like you said, you're looking after them that whole entire time. Yeah. And so how do you sleep? Well, you didn't really. Yeah. <laughs> slept before you left. That's why it's so exhausting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So being mm -hmm. in that career specifically like that, that I couldn't see that lasting a long time for somebody, you know, like doing a long time that, that would be hard on your body. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was really exhausting. And as much as it sounds really cool, yeah. it is pretty, pretty neat job in a sense um, with a lot of variety and you just never know what's happening or, you know, whatever, but, but completely exhausting. Cause you know, we know when we fly, like you usually, so on the Learjet as well, if you brought them back on a Learjet, there's no bathroom. 
and like you can't stand up in it. So it's not like you can walk around and stretch or anything like that. It's very close quarters. And so what you basically, (laughs) you kind of try to time your drinking so that you knew it's like, okay, we're going to be landing. We fueled almost always fueled in Iceland going over to Europe. So we would land there like, and then goose Bay and Newfoundland. Like, so you would time your drinking to kind of correlate. So you knew you had a bathroom to go to, (laughs) to go to the washroom, to go back for the next stretch of the flight. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was always finding that, but so like you're dehydrated, you know, you're not eating proper meals generally like we would have meals that we would bring on the plane, but it's not like sitting down to a meal. And, uh, yeah. And just like you said, the tired and sometimes too, if they're a very sick patient, there's just that extra stress of like what's going on with them. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That would be so stressful yeah. traveling. Yes. You're tired taking care of your patient, like making sure they're okay, but also making sure you're okay. Oh my gosh. So how long did you do that for until you got like days off? It would depend because you basically did like an on-call. So I would just for myself, I would put in like on my days, I wasn't at the hospital. I'd be like, okay, I'm available for on-call like this Monday to Thursday. Maybe it's only a couple of days. Like if you're going down to Florida and back, like that's a pretty quick trip you know, you kind of like eight hours kind of there and back kind of thing, right. Depending where the patient's going. Um, but so you might get a couple of those trips in that time frame, or sometimes I would have like a longer stretch. Like I might have seven days and I'm like, okay, I've got seven days. Let me know. Right. And then sometimes I've have had a few of those stretches where I were, was gone for that six to seven days. So, cause sometimes you would get over, say to Europe, for instance, you, you might transfer a patient. We can go to the States, grab a patient down there, take them over to the Europe somewhere. And then sometimes they would sit us there yeah, and wait. Cause then for us to see if we can find someone to bring us to bring back as well. Wow. Right? So you literally so we might... in between working at the hospital, like in between your yeah. shift at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you must've been yes. young when you started that. <laughs> well, I've been out of like, I've, yeah. How long ago was that? That's probably been at least it was probably about 10 years ago when I started that, maybe 11 in around that time frame. Maybe I'd have to think when I started the flight nursing and I did it for about seven years. So might even be a bit longer. I'd actually have to go back and think. Yeah. That but, would be so hard. Like mm-hmm. going different time zones, like jet lag yeah. and having to recover from that, but then also have to go back to the hospital to work. <laughs> I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, you never really ever had, you never had time to get jet lag really because you were never generally there that long, right. To get your no, clock, switched to the other clock. So you kind of were just always in the same time zone, but yeah, it could, it was incredibly exhausting at times. And then you have to also like, you're loading the jet before you go. When right. you come back, you have to go back all your stuff to the office, yeah. restock bags, whatever equipment you've used. Like, so there's like also that sort of behind the scenes stuff too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's like and there's been I have a lot of really great stories from that. Well, but yeah, some yeah. very challenging patients and met some really incredible people too, right? And yeah, yeah, I could work the world. So it was really, yeah, it was interesting. It'd be a great experience. So what made mm-hmm. you stop doing it then? Well, for that, I ended up transitioning transitioning out of that kind of just almost like by mistake. So when I ended up having, I had hurt my elbow. Mm-hmm. And then that elbow issue kind of turned into two elbow issues. So I was doing physio like three days a week, which is, I'll tell you, physio is a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. And I was still like 
that was like probably almost like a year, I bet you. And then I ended up having to actually take a little bit more extensive treatment to finally get these elbow issues kind of dealt with. And by that time, I'd almost gotten into like a new normal for me at kind of home. You know what I mean? I'd gotten out of that environment of being on call all the time. I'm like, well, that feels a lot better. Because yeah. <laughs> I also had to drive to Toronto. So it's like a two and a half hour drive to get to the airport. Wow. In the middle of the winter. Yeah. I live in the snow belt area. Like we get a lot of snow, a lot of really yucky weather in the winter. So is this always these other external factors too, right? That added extra stress to it. So I think then I had been kind of out of it for that length of time. It was like, do I want to go back to that? And then I kind of just like had kind of slipped out of it almost without really consciously thinking, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like I can't even, yeah. I mean, I used to go from, so we in, in Alberta, when I worked in Alberta as paramedic, we used to do 48 hour shifts. Um, so I go to one station, do a 48 hour shift, drive to the other one because it would start an hour after I got off shift on the last one. So then I'd go there and I do another 48 hours. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit crazy. And so it was like 96 hours or something of work for the week. And that's work. It's like, that's just like, you know, you're going to like, I don't know, wrap gifts. <laughs> like it's a, can be very stressful. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of get a little bit of it. Just add an airplane to that. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, being, because at least, at least we got to sleep somewhat like the, during your 48 hours, right? Like you get to go to sleep unless you get called out. But for you, like if you 36 to 48 hours, you're with a patient, like that's a long time to be on, on it. Yeah. And then normally like if we were on like the Learjet, for instance, like I said, there's myself and a respiratory therapist oftentimes we had like, we could take up to one family member, depending on the patient, depending on our load, that kind of thing. But generally there would often be one family member, but okay. sometimes there wasn't. And if there wasn't, it was a little easier because we could both spell each other off for like a 20 minute period. Maybe just like, I'm just going to close my eyes for 20 minutes, you know, like, yeah. And like, you're literally like the patient is literally beside you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and then not sitting in the seat beside them, you're like kind of at the foot of the stretcher. Right. So it's, don't go far but yeah. yeah so we would occasionally do something like that but it generally you were busy monitoring doing things and yeah but occasionally you catch a couple of wings and stuff but yeah mm -hmm. and then so you have been in the ER for how many years now because that's where you are right now that's where I am right now yes work at Emerge and I've been there now for oh my gosh it's been like that's been like basically there so almost like 20 years wow in the same, so like, I've, yeah, yeah. Same emerge. So when I left the small community hospital, I went to the hospital I'm at now to emerge. And that's where I've been since. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> and so I, I was smart. Yeah. So how long after nursing, did you start to feel like you were burning out a little bit? Such a great that's question. A huge thing in nursing. I see it all the time. It is like so prevalent, prevalent. And I think so many people, much like myself, I honestly was so wrapped in all the things, life, work, you get there, you're working, 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 never really gave it any thought. And so it was probably about 
probably about six years ago now. It's like, I was probably, I was like about 25 years into my career. Okay. And I was just getting these feelings as there's something missing. Like, what is like, I just was not like content. I was getting kind of, like, I was getting resentful. Like I was like going in for every show. I'm like, I don't want to go. Like, I don't, I can't go back to that place again. And I was getting really frustrated with like the, was like the political side, like side of things, you know, and just the slow pace of like, if you were trying to like, if you're trying to like look for improvements that just seem to take forever to like pass all the things, you know, all the levels of decisions make and yeah I was really just I was just not I was just like I honestly was getting quite bitter right and I myself probably for a few years so it was probably happening a little bit before that 25 year mark right but I was just putting but yeah just when I started to get this sense of us not feeling fulfilled really bitterness not that it was necessarily always coming out of like my mouth but it was just this sense of this is like ah why are they doing that why are they anything and I realized like I kept waiting for things to change waiting and thinking oh when are they going to change it when are they going to make things better when are they going to you know so that I can finally feel good about this again and I got really resentful in this and I when I thought about it I was like I was really angry that the profession that I had loved for so many years was actually making me really resent it and it was just that whole environment right I, yeah um, like and the and the political stuff like that and the government stuff that comes into it all and the decisions and all those kind of things from all the different levels yeah and I just yeah I got to the point and it finally became painful enough and I was just like I just hate feeling like this so I need to do something yeah yeah to start doing something about it mm-hmm. this wow. is an awful this is a lot of the other things that drive me a little batty just quite honestly and we're getting now in this environment, there's just like more and more piled on to nurses in the different communities and in the hospitals. And I shouldn't say just in an emerge, but in emerge, we're like the first one everybody sees, right? Yeah. If we can't get patients up to the floor, we have to deal with that, right? Yeah. We can't coming and we can't deal, like, you know, we have to deal with that. And then you get people like, you know, maybe like it's management saying like, oh, you have to deal with that. And it's like, okay. Oh, we're doing the best we can, but it's just like kind of more and more puts on, is put on your plate, but you get no more time. You certainly don't get any more money for it. <laughs> and it really starts to kind of starts to layer up and you just get honestly get exhausted of it. And I think now living with this COVID world that we're living in this pandemic, nurses were already, I think not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and feeling and getting to I'm seeing a lot of really young nurses already leaving like they're in their single digits of nursing yeah they haven't even hit the mark yet and they're leaving to get out because it's just it's too much and it's almost like there's no end in sight and then COVID on top of it now presents presents like a whole nother layer that's just heavy and a lot and the constant changes with that in our environment as well from like especially at the beginning like we didn't know basically from like the morning to like noon what the guidelines were going to be okay had a meeting and it was like so much to keep up on and but and then there's the worry because like everybody was like what is this thing and then you're worried like we already kind of worry in the back of your mind like if you ever brought something home to your family right like yeah you bring colds home to your family like quite often or you know these like maybe a stomach bug or something right 
but you really do worry in the back of your mind always like what if it was something worse and and then all the stuff at the beginning with like our ppe for instance right like just all these things that just keep getting layered on and it's just so much to deal with yeah and you don't get quite honestly like mentally and emotionally you just don't get the time to sort of wade your way through it all in a way that you need to do it yeah yeah and emerge is like go 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 all the time right so you don't really get a chance to like just like sit with it and get your mind right. Yeah, the processing doesn't happen, right? And then by the time you get home, it's like done. You just, let's just move yeah. on, right? Yeah. And you still have stuff that affected you, but you kind of haven't dealt with in a sense, right? Yeah. How have you found um, support like in in Ontario, like out East? How is your support for nurses like when something happens in emerge or you know that kind of thing like what what does that look like for you guys because that would add a lot of weight on your shoulders carrying you know the stress and whatever happens in emerge because a lot does happen it's always different so so how do you deal with that and like what's the support like for you yeah and i think i'm finding what the, most of the support comes from your coworkers. quite honestly yeah i think in my my experience um and even now if you look at like the co with this COVID and everything like that there's a lot that like i know there's a lot that management are dealing with too with guideline things new things coming down but i think a huge missing piece is like looking after your staff and um but i think it really boils down to it's your coworkers, and i think like nursing is a very pretty tight community mm -hmm. good bad <laughs> our almost enemies I think but at least that typically tends to be sorry the um our um decompressing is with each other yeah because we can't really talk about our patients with family like yeah but your family knows when you come home they're just like what happened today like they know something's happened you yeah. can tell right yeah and they can be and they do try really hard but they still don't really get it and if you're not yeah. in the in the or in that environment, you can't honestly know. And I'm glad that you don't, mm -hmm. quite honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for us, I would say the majority, and I think most of the people I work with would say the same, it's that, that support is each other in that community. Yeah. And we have a group of doctors too, so they're really good. So we kind of almost sometimes have our own little decompression after an event maybe where we talk with each other about it, right? Um, yeah. Certainly they have like crisis stuff that can come in stuff like that. Um, doesn't happen as often. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is such a like tight knit group. Um, I found that even I obviously am not nursing anymore, but from like my friends who still do, it's like they, they have like a group and they stick together <laughs> and it, it's, it's good to see cause you need that you need that. And they support you like throughout your personal stuff and the things that are going on in, in the hospital. So it's good to have that. Um, but I, I too, I think that maybe not every place is, is that lucky to have like a tight knit group like that. And there certainly are like people in every environment that maybe aren't as supportive or like yeah. that 
positivity and stuff like that, right? Which can be all of us at times, quite honestly. And that's what I was finding. I was getting wrapped up into like as well when I like kind of hit my wall um, back a few years ago. It's just like, oh, this feels crappy, but like here I am in it still <laughs> contributing, right? Yeah. Person, so you made it um, through that. And then, yeah. so that's what I want to talk about. How for like the nurses who are maybe going through it right now, maybe like at work in their personal life, like shit's just hitting the fan in their life. And they're thinking like it, it will get better, but not actually doing anything about it. Like we're kind of just hoping, like you said before, you were kind of just hoping that something would change. So how did you get through that? Well, like I said, it almost like it almost became physically painful enough that I was like, okay, what is going to happen? And actually what I started to do was like, look for another stream of income. Oh, cause I was like, it like what I wanted to leave. Yeah. Peace out. Off I go. So I kind of like went on this like little journey to figure out like, what can I do instead? And, and then like, like I said, we totally love to travel and like we have kids in various areas of the world. So it's like, be nice to have some freedom, right? Not be asking for vacation and all these things. So I ended up, I fell in the world of network marketing, which amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of that direction where I went. And then what I did do when I was in there is fell into the world of personal development, which then completely changed, changed my world, completely transformed and impacted how I do like get through my days, do my days, like like the thoughts and all the things. And one of the things that I first realized, I was like, I have literally been waiting probably for more years than I'd care to, or like actually be waiting for other people to change things for me yeah, and change how I like waiting for them to change how I felt. And I'm like, how incredibly crazy is that? Yeah. <laughs> be happy. Right. Like I had, I had literally realized like I was giving this power that I actually had this, my, I had my own personal power that I could actually start making change. But for quite some time I had wasted it waiting on other people. And I was like, I was kind of like, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God, I just wasted like the last five years feeling like this. And I could have changed it five years ago. Yeah. But I had to live through that journey. Right. So yeah. So when I fell into that completely changed the game for me. Yeah. I think that that's kind of, it's so funny that you mentioned network marketing, because I feel like that's how a lot of us start out is, you know, becoming an entrepreneur or starting something on our own, because that's how I started out. Um, and then, and then I kind of like from that, I kind of built my confidence to go all in on like my nutrition coaching and that kind of thing. And that's exactly basically what you did. Um, and so you're, you know, your personal journey to going through network marketing and then finding like finding the personal development. That's truly like where the light bulb went off was when you, when you found personal development. Cause when you start your own business, you have no choice, but to grow. Oh man. There's so, so much growth. Yeah. Yeah. I had literally realized too, like I had been like, I, and I think so many women outside of nursing can even relate to this as women, especially, we are usually the last rung on our, our priority ladder. Yeah. And we sit there. For, I had sat there for a lot of years. I have three kids. They're growing a bit now. Like there's going to be some people listening. They're like, they're in this right now, you know, run. I mean, our world is a little different at moment, but like kids activities, kids schooling, you know, spouse, partner, whatever that looks like. 
you know, you're doing all these things for everybody else. And you usually end up, and I've heard this time and time again, but women, they're just like, well, when the kids go to bed tonight, then I will X, Y, or, you know, take the dang bubble bath you've been hoping you could have for three weeks. And like the time at the end of the day never comes. No, never comes. When you get there, you're too dang exhausted to do a darn thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, this crazy world where we are just giving, giving, giving. And especially then if you add on nursing on top of that, where you are constantly giving and then giving more while you're there for 12 hours or more, whatever yep. that looks, you, you end up completely drained if you're not looking after yourself. And I realized I'd been hanging out at the bottom of my priority list for a long time. So I moved myself right up to the top, front and center. Yeah. And started for a change. I had this feeling like there was something missing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I couldn't put, I, you asked me, I could not put my finger on what it was. Like, what was this thing that was missing? But I think now, like these few years, like five, six years later, it really was just a sense of myself. Yeah. Inner peace that was missing in the world around, like that, in this world that I let consume me. Yeah. yeah. Not even really. Yeah. Like we're always juggling walls right and then we, we hope like heck if we drop one no one sees it yeah well, meanwhile all of us are dropping the balls <laughs> just no one talks about them we need to talk about dropping the balls because we're all doing it that's so true and I feel like when you're consuming yourself with so many other people's issues and like health issues for you plus your kids plus your husband like it, you're consuming everyone else everyone else's issues and then you're not realizing what it's doing to you until it's too late. Exactly. And if you think not putting yourself at the top of your priority list will never catch up with you, I just, I lovingly say and respectfully tell you you're, you're wrong. Yeah. It will eventually. In Absolutely. Yeah. Relationship, in your health, in how you feel, maybe like, you know, all these things, right. It, it will, it does catch up with you. Yeah. It hundred percent does. And I feel like that's when you start, um, I think you'll notice that you're, you're starting to resent things. Like you said, you were starting to resent work. You were starting because you weren't loving it anymore. And you were burnt out from, from everyone else's stuff and not putting yourself first. Thing that I learned I, when I got into personal development and I was just like, yeah. and when I, when I hired for my first mentor, like I did a lot of stuff on my own for a while, but that don't go so far. Yeah. It's easy to like cheat yourself. Right? Yeah. Putting somebody like accountable to somebody, but when I hired my first mentor, like I had no idea. I didn't realize like I had zero boundaries, which also that catches up with you. Like you said, it's just like not putting yourself on our list of any sort of priority, even if it's to have like a damn bubble bath for heaven's sakes. Like who doesn't have time for a bubble bath? Yeah. Don't, right? Ask probably a hundred women right now and they'll tell you, I don't have time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so then so then you went through this personal development and then what happened from there? Oh, so from there, like I said, I, I realized how little I was looking after myself and how much I was giving. And I wasn't like refueling that almost like battery. I wasn't recharging my battery. Mm-hmm. Also, I kept doing from this battery that was drained and it just drained more and more and more. Right. And like I said, I kind of like, I moved myself up my priority ladder. And when I started looking after myself more, I just show up differently now, like more present when you're with 
your kids, your family, whatever that happens to be. Um, my perspective around work changed and like, don't let me, like I work in Emerge still and don't get me wrong. I will still be like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> I have to be very careful. I find still, and even lately, I'm to be completely honest, like with the whole COVID and all these things, there's just so much more on, t- on us all right now. I have to be very careful because like I've had a few shifts where I, I get out and get in my car and I'm like, I feel exactly like I did when I hit that wall. So almost like the bit getting a bit bitter and resentful and I'm like, okay, it's time to look, okay, what did you do for yourself? Okay, what am I going to do when I get home? You know what you need to do? I kind of, I've kind of collected all these tools that I have in my toolbox that I can pull out. I use them every day. I changed how I started my day. I usually went out of the house, like bag flying, you know, stuff falling out of it, flying into work, you know, at the last minute. Um, But now I start my day very intentional. I have like a morning routine that it's just like a non-negotiable and it's just part of my day now. So it just kind of sets a frame of mind. I get much more intentional with my days and how I'm going to spend them, even if it's at work. Um, I even ask myself sometimes, like, because I do journaling, I'll be kind of like, okay, how do how do I want to feel today? Yeah, it's like a silly. Most of the time, we don't even think about that. We just go about our day, and all of a sudden, everybody else is telling us how we're going to feel because all of their expectations are piled on us, and then you know they're almost like controlling how we feel. Yeah. So yes, that very intentional with things like that, and like the. I got super, super clear on what my core values were. Okay. And that like a few years ago, like, so this like, whole journey started about six and about two years ago, maybe two years ago, this, or two years, this sort of May coming, I finally went to a casual position at work, which is kind of like, um, almost a bit more like Colin per se, or per diem, they call it in the States. And I'd been wanting to do that for probably more years than I remember, mm-hmm. but I had never, but when I got sitting down and looking at what were my priorities and my core values, and I'm like, you know, family, time for this, time for this, the change wasn't even a decision. Yeah. Like, well, of course, that's what you, who else are you going to fuel these core values, right? And then having the boundary, setting the boundaries now, like, so even at that casual position, like, I, like, how many shifts will I work a week? What shifts will I work? Will I work a holiday? Am I going to work weekends? Like, I get to choose. Yeah. And that's like, values help me choose that. And then I just really kind of, I implemented habits. Yeah. I feel like you almost, um, and this is maybe something that I think people never think about is you decided how you wanted to live your life. And then you kind of like, you know, set up foundations, which was like your journaling and like checking in on yourself. And then you know, you drop down to a casual position so that you had more freedom to pick and choose um, rather than being like someone else's setting your hours for you. Um, So then it just gave you more opportunity. And now you get to live the life that you want rather than somebody else telling you how to live it. Exactly. It's almost like redesigning or reinvent, not reinventing your life, probably redesigning is a better word. Yeah. Because even even with those core, like when I got super clear on my core values, I'm like, of course, like this casual just makes complete sense. Why did I wait so long? Like it literally was I'm casual. Here's my note. Yeah. Well, I've been like delaying it for years with, and with, like with some of those changes or like, um, when you look at the core values, it's like casual, like, yeah. Does that affect maybe my income? 
it could. Yeah. I want it like if I choose, if I choose to work less, it's going to affect obviously my income from that. Am I okay with that? Oh, hell yeah. Because I'm like living my life how I want over here. And it feels way better than any thousand shifts I could pick up at work or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So it's just like, there's sometimes there's like a give and take and it's like, is this really a priority? Well, if it is, and it's a lot easier to make that decision to support that priority. Right. And then like, in, like habits that support those. And yeah, so that was like a huge thing. And do you know what, another thing that I, I wasted a lot of time on, and it also held me back from going to a casual position for a number of years was how tied up I was in my identity as a nurse. Yes. So true. And I even catch myself sometimes now. And I'm like, why does that bother you? So like, I, I'm trying to think of something that would be like an example. Um, say it's a shift at work. There's some shifts available. Someone picks it up before you get to it. And you're just like, God dang it. I would have worked that shift. And then I'm kind of like, why am I so mad? I'm like, do you really want the shift? And I'm kind of like, oh, but they're less senior than me. Like it really should have been my shift. I'm like, do you really want to work the shift? And I'm kind of like, but then that's like that identity tied, right? Because I'm like, oh, I should. It's so yeah. crazy how the identity and that kept me stuck for so long because I was worried about what people would think if I went to casual or what if I wasn't working all these crazy hours, I was like less than somehow or not as good of a nerd or not as good of a woman that can like do all the things because, oh, look at her. She can't do it all. Like, do I care? Like, like the opinions of others who are not living my life. Yeah. So, it, okay. That's kind of crazy when you start to think of it actually in those at like those regards of that stopping you from doing something that would actually totally make your life more enriched, more fulfilled. Yeah. I think that that's a lot. I think that that will resonate with a lot of people. The fact that you have your whole identity tied to one thing, even if it's not nursing, like, you know, even being a mom. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to like, let go of that. And even even say when you're first starting out um you're a new mom you know like breastfeeding is this thing that everyone tells you to do but if you don't do it then you feel less than do you know Uh, like and so that's this what's that someone's you feel like someone's judging you that you're not a good enough mom if you didn't maybe you couldn't breast and yeah maybe it just you and that's okay right? yeah. but then you there's all these other people's judgment and it it keeps us stuck it, it keeps us feeling so shitty quite honestly about ourselves yeah right and then you like all this negative self-talk mm-hmm. which is all gets going right yeah but it, I, really, I kind of when i stepped back and looked at that like the whole identity thing i was just like you know, a nurse a mom a lawyer, I don't know, barista at the coffee shop. That's just what you do. Yeah. You know, that's like almost like a, that's just a set of skills that you do. It is not who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. You're born with it. That was a huge thing for me. I think I did not realize I was so wrapped up in this identity and it kept me stuck for a long time in a place of just not feeling completely happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for, someone who's in the situation right now that you were in, how could they, 
and they're feeling that burnout. They feel like they hit the wall. How can they get out of that? Where would they start? Well, very first thing is actually just admitting that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To actually admit, like admit it to yourself, maybe admit it to somebody out loud, whether it's like a partner or spouse or somebody, right? Because even in our heads, it's still easy to stay hidden in there. And yeah. so I kind of think that's what's happening right now. But yeah, and then I think it's like, so recognizing and admitting that and maybe just giving yourself like a little space, step, a sort of like step back, quote unquote step back, and kind of looking at where is your energy leaking? Mm -hmm. Like, where are you finding yourself the most drained? And kind of look at, is there anything you can change there? Yeah. Right. A lot of that's good. And, and it really is sometimes recognizing like, you know, I can't work 80 hours a week. It's just it's too much. Okay. Well, how many hours would be good? You know, because obviously people like we, need income to pay our bills. So like, it's not saying like you need to quit your jobs and it's really just taking that step back to reevaluate that. Mm -hmm. What is, but really it's like, if, listen, start taking care of yourself, even if it's like one thing, and maybe that's just like 20 minutes when you get home from a shift of, I don't know, maybe, you know, you get changed out of your clothes and maybe it's like a hot shower and just like a, some deep breaths for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Before you're like, into the next thing, right? We never give ourselves that space yeah. to um, digest and absorb things, but sometimes just like, yeah, giving ourselves a bloody time to breathe for a minute. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's so many things you can do to care for yourself. Like, thinking, like before you go in for a shift, you know, to go in as the best you that you can go into. Because you, like, for me, I know when I go in, I'm going into a crazy chaotic environment. So mm -hmm. sometimes for an hour, that might be, I might literally like drive in silence for an hour because I know that'll be the last of that for the next probably 13 hours yeah first thing I would do is like it really just is admitting that that's happening admitting something's off stepping back and kind of evaluating that yeah right? where is that energy leaking where do you find you're feeling like you are actually all right or worse not your best and um really establishing like those there is that those priorities that you have to establish but, you know, like, is 80, 80, working 80 hours a week really that beneficial for you if you literally feel like crap for that 80 hours a week plus the hours you're at home with whoever you want to be there with? But I think the big thing is really after that, just recognizing it's happening and admitting it is mm -hmm. you need to start looking after yourself. You really need to start putting yourself as a priority and not the last person on your list of things to do for the day. You really have to be very intentional. And it is, it's intentional because it doesn't come easy for most of us to take time for ourselves, but super, super important to like recharge your battery after a long shift. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's that 20 minutes you need when you get home for a hot shower, few, you know, three deep breaths and then go play with the kids, you know, like just, it's amazing how it, it doesn't have to take hours of your day. Like, don't discount the 10 or 20 minutes that you can give yourself. If you give yeah. yourself an hour, that's amazing. But you will just go into, like, when you're actually in your room with your kids then to play, you'll actually be in the room with them. Yeah, Not you're physically, will, right? right? You'll be present with them, right? As opposed to being like, oh my gosh, all this stuff happened at work. And like, so you're there, but yeah. you're not really there because you're thinking other things. It really, like, Taking care of yourself is so important. I can't like stress that enough for anybody. 
mm-hmm. especially women who are like juggling. Yeah. You really have to put your priority. I think there's like this myth to that a lot of women, cause I've, I've heard this from a lot of women's mouths that um, like their kids will always come first. And I'm like, yeah. oh hell yeah, I got me too, right? Me too. Um, looking after yourself doesn't mean that you leave your children bleeding on the sidewalk when they fall down, right? Absolutely. It is like giving yourself some intentional time every day for yourself so that you actually show up for the, as that best mom and then the best nurse maybe when you go into your shift or the best whatever that happens to be for you, right? And then being the best spouse that you can be for your partner. It's not taking away. In fact, they will thank you for it later. Yeah. Well, thank you. And like, too, when I, when I kind of fell into this world and started doing things, it's kind of like, cause we get this guilt then that we've taken like a few minutes of our day for ourselves before mm-hmm. we did something. Again, they're fine. Generally yeah. speaking, they're not fine after them, but it really, cause I have two girls and I have a boy and I wouldn't want the boy either as well. But I think to myself, like I have two young women that I've raised and I would not want them to put themselves at the bottom of their priority list. Like they're always watching us, right? Children yeah. who are older now, and can I have a couple of grandbabies now? Like they're still watching us. They're watching what we do. Yeah. Well, personally, as a woman, like they're watching me as a mom and in my role and how I'm looking after myself or what I'm doing. But even like my my um, spouse and myself, like it's they're married now, so it's kind of like, well, what are they doing? Like they're watching all the time. They never stop. Yeah. So I'm like, certainly wouldn't want my kids or my daughter to run themselves into the ground yeah when it's going to do that yeah right? I really it makes me like it fires me up I'm just like we're like women are just running themselves to the ground they don't need to be like yeah. I know lots of different things going on some of us are much busier than other people but you could still take that intentional time for yourself and it will completely change how you show up and how yeah. you feel yeah and it's, yeah. it would be more important, like if you are more, if you're busier than someone else, it's even more important for you to take time for yourself or else you are going to end yeah. up in a bad place. And yeah. that's what I tell like all my moms too. I'm just like, you can't be a good mom if you're not taking care of yourself. And I would never want my children to think that that's what motherhood is because it's not like, yeah. I don't want them to think motherhood is not taking care of yourself putting yourself like on the back burner and putting everyone else before you. Cause I don't think that that is what a good makes a good mother. You know, like I want to show my daughter and even my son that when moms take care of themselves, they can be a better mom. They can be a better wife. You can be a better nurse. Like you come first. That doesn't mean that you're pushing your kids to the side. It just means you're going to take care of them better because you're better. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes I know like, and the other thing I think two people think, oh, they talk about like, if they hear the word self-care first off, they're like shutting mm-hmm. their ears off. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 this is important. And you don't have, like you said, you don't have to spend hours of it. You do not have to feel guilty for it. And you don't have to get up at 3am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if your kids are up early, like maybe if to guarantee that you maybe have a half an hour to yourself, maybe you want to get up want to get up that half an hour earlier before you know they're getting out you don't have yeah. to get up at 3 a.m no or maybe for you it looks like that first nap for them that's where you then you take 20 minutes of that time if it's to sit quietly read a book with your cup of coffee that 
actually hot before you finish it. You yeah. know, like it's just these simple things. Like if I was in the house with you, maybe you have that 20 minutes, you can go for a walk outside. Like whatever it is that like, like to me getting outside walking because that recharges me, maybe for someone else it doesn't, but like understand what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. No, I actually do this. I get some girls to like write down what brings them joy. And it's like, at first it's like really hard for them. They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what lights you up? What, what's fun for you to do? Like what they're like, well, because we've never actually consciously thought of it. I mean, I'm sure most of us are doing some of those things, but we don't think about them in the sense of, okay, I like to go outside for a walk. I really love if I can get like 20 minutes to read by myself. Like that is like amazing. Or, you know, it's that soak in the tub, you know, like, well, you know what you have to do. You have to put them on your schedule. So you plan for those. That's yeah. what the, that being intent right? Planning those into your day so that they happen. Because mm-hmm. if we just think in our get to that later, I guarantee it's never happening. Yeah. And even which I've mentioned just even a little bit before, but like a couple, like just like one of the highest forms of self-respect you can give yourself is setting boundaries and understanding what boundaries are, where yeah. you need them, how to set them. And that is a form of self-care. It's not like a bubble bath. It's different than a bubble bath, but it is a caring for you in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you you and like, can you come do this for me? Can you come do that? And you're thinking, geez, why are you always calling me? Like, I feel like a doormat, right? Like, yeah, kind of walking all over you. Chances are you usually drop everything. Yeah. And you don't need to do that. Yeah. Right. Like that can be like, sometimes we do have to help help people, but don't just, you know, it's okay to say no. Like so okay to say no, if you want to say no, or if you have to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so many of us have that guilt and we don't say it and we end up run to the ground. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Catches up. Yeah. And that goes saying no to shit. Yeah, saying no shifts. Yeah, you don't have to. Even if they call and say we're so desperate, we need you. Well, I not today. No. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's well. This is exactly what you do now, right? You're teaching nurses how to avoid that burnout and like thrive in nursing, thrive in in their life. Yeah, I think it's just so important, even like nurses and women in general, just like to have that, just have that enough self-respect for themselves to look after themselves. Mm-hmm. And when they actually start to realize it is okay yeah. and how much better you feel and how much it enriches your life. Like, cause it just, it makes all areas of your life so much better. Like I said, this, the time with your kids, if you're not maybe flying off the handle and like upset with them because I know they dropped something, you know, where like, cause you're just got a short fuse right but if you're taking those time that time for yourself not saying they're not going to get on your nerves some days because they're children (laughs) yeah they always do at times right your reaction to things is so much different and you can you can like handle more of the things that come at you yeah not that you're getting more things your reaction to things are different like I know even for me at work it takes longer for things to kind of get to me so to speak yeah then it especially when I was really in that burnout thing where everything, somebody could just say something I'm like, Oh, I'm so annoyed with you right now. You know, whereas now I'm kind of like, Oh, kind of funny on I go. Right. Yeah. It kind of a little easier or it takes a little bit longer before it gets to you just because you've taken that extra time for your mental health. Really? Yeah, absolutely. 
it changes your life. Really. What do you, what do you offer, I guess now for, because this is what you do, you coach nurses. So what does that look like? So for me now, I have created a program called the fulfillment formula, mm-hmm. which is really just kind of like that formula, like a fast track to fulfillment. That's what I call it. It's literally going through a lot of these things we talked about. Like it's talking about, yes, we talk about self-care because it's so, but we talk about things like, like the mindset of like those negative thoughts that we get thinking that comparison, that guilt, all those kind of things, like in how you can work through those so that you're not feeling guilty for taking a few minutes to yourself. Um, a huge thing is boundaries is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's just everything. And the women that have gone through the program are so incredibly surprised by what, how they felt and how it changed their life. Just to say no to a couple of things. Yeah. Um, what a lady that, um, just blows my mind. So worked for a company for almost 30 years, had some days off, but she always still checked in at work, emails, whatever it happened to be, took a holiday just towards the end of the program and took 10 days off. And her, like her boss actually asked her, like, will you be checking in? Oh my gosh. Actually, no, I'm not going to be checking in. You'll have to find someone else to do that. He was just like, what? Cause she it. Oh my gosh. In all that time, like first off, she survived till then, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, and another thing, like she was one of those people that um, everybody would call and she would drop everything and, oh, sure, I can come pick you up or drive you there or go get that or do this. And like she said, the one day she got that phone call from, you know, the person that wanted her to drop everything that she normally would do. And she's like, actually, no, I can't do that today. I was wow. like, yes. And, but like she said, and she said, at first I was like, oh my God, like that, you know, your heart's beating fast, your palms are sweaty. You're like, you can't believe you just said no. Yeah. And then she had a beautiful afternoon with my husband. We went for a walk. We had a picnic, like spent time together. She said, and that would never have happened if I didn't say no. And it wasn't, it wasn't an emergency that she said no to, obviously it was just that expectation that other people had that she was always the one to call that would drop everything. Then she had this beautiful thing. So like for her, she was like, oh my gosh, like it kind of blew her mind that like saying no could actually feel so good. Yeah. And she did nothing wrong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just like those boundaries are so incredibly important. So we get into that, like knowing what your core values are, how to figure those out, how to implement them, how to support them which is like our habits and the boundaries and all those things. So yeah, we even talk about time, like managing time. Yeah. Cause like we're always running out of time. It's like they have no time. So we kind of look at how to kind of get the most out of our time and really just creating those really meaningful moments and memories in life that we're really always looking for, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you set them, you set them up to, um, to have almost like a switch they, you know, you give them the foundation so that, so that they can truly create the life that they want to live and like still do, still be a nurse and love nursing and fall back in love with nursing. Maybe that's not, um, maybe they're not out of love with nursing, but, but that could be, um, maybe, yeah, maybe do you, do you really want to go casual? Like for instance, like what I did or yeah. you know what? We can go to a different environment in the hospital. 
Maybe yeah. that's all you need, but it's like really incorporating habits as well to support all of those things. And it, and it's not just to get you to change something in 12 weeks, which will happen. And, but these are like, it's like to have the tools that you need, start looking at like, oh yeah, I do. That's why that kind of feels shitty because I don't have a boundary over here. That's what I need to have. Maybe it's in a relationship or something, but these are tools that you are going to go on then to sustain you as you go through like the rest of your life kind of thing, right? It's not just like a one and done thing. Yeah. And as we get to different as well, whether it's maybe you went from being single and then to being married, well, then, all, and then there's maybe some kids and you know, these, all these different life stages, our priorities change, which obviously mm-hmm. you think of being maybe having kids, but the priorities are probably different. Yeah. Same as maybe when the kids, you know, like your life changes. So those will evolve over time. So you're always working on them. Yeah. It's really tools to last a lifetime yeah. through whatever season you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's like, it's for your work environment, it's for your home life. It's like for everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it and the best, really change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the best part is that you get a coach alongside you <laughs> to help you make those decisions and to help you figure out what you truly want. Cause that's, that can be hard to do on your own. So you're there to support them through the 12 weeks so that they can set themselves up for success for the end of it. Well, and that's the thing, like I, I got so far on my own yeah. and then I got stuck and I was like, okay, what is happening? And then when I invested in myself, which was like so scary at the time, and this mentor, my very first mentor, which I've invested in many since then, um, I'm currently in a program. And um, that was when things really changed. As yeah. I had someone accountable when I said I was going to do something, I couldn't hide and like pretend I wasn't doing it. I was like, oh, dang, yeah, I said I was going to like report back to you next call. And like the accountability, the support, also like learning from them, the tools, yeah. things like that, for instance. But two, like I have done some private coaching as well. I find the group like a community and my 12 week program is like a group um, program. If you can get the support of those other people who are exactly like you. Yeah. Like you're alone. And that's what I love about group is like you actually start to understand you actually are not alone feeling kind of cool right now. Or like that you feel guilty because you take 20 minutes yourself a day or you're the only one that doesn't take 20 minutes right you're mm-hmm. learning you're not alone and maybe the you know the person over on your right that woman over here maybe her um story or that circumstance is slightly different and maybe the one on the left is slightly different but i can guarantee you you're probably all feeling the exact same way because of and from those different experiences right yeah and when you can understand you're not alone I mean, that feels so much better yeah and you have that extra most people and you're like cheering you on right and also keeping you accountable to what you want to do yeah yeah, yeah. which is kind yeah. of that get over push actually create the real change that i needed yeah yeah accountability and support is like invaluable really because that's really what's going to change you exactly and it and then we, and also you get these relationships that carry on through your life, right? We yeah. met in a program. Yeah. Right? Here we are. A month later, right? And it's like this really cool thing. Yes. Relationships. It's so neat to watch the women like stay connected afterwards and like still support each other or remind each other. Like 
okay. <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? And so it's really fun just to watch that too. Yeah. So when when will your group program launch? It's going to be rolling out again in February. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And so if people want to, you know, know more about your program, know more about you, where can they find you? Probably the best space to follow me over is over on Instagram. And it's just like, just my name at Peggy Burr, B-I-R-R. Um, I kind of play over there a little more often. Um, so there's a really great spot. And there's actually a, um, up in my bio, there's a little link. You can go into the application for the program. If you want to get on and chat and see if it's a perfect fit, then you can fill that out. We can connect and chat. No obligation. And uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. So yeah, yeah. I will link it in the notes so that they can they can find you on Instagram and find all the, the juicy stuff that you have to offer. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk to you later and have a great night um, and enjoy the rest of your week off. You as well. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye.